Welcome to the Sum of It All podcast with season 11. I'm Audrey Mendeville, along with my colleague, Mark Alcorn from the San Diego County Office of Education, and we're excited to launch this season with you. This season, we're diving into the book, Bad at Math, Dismantling Harmful Beliefs that Hinder Equitable Mathematics Education by Lydia Gonzalez. Whether you've said the words before or heard them from others, this season is all about unpacking why some of us think we're bad at math and why that matters. Just as in our previous episodes, Mark and I will chat about one chapter of the book in each episode and invite you to listen in as you read along. Whether you've read it already or plan to read it soon, we're glad you've joined us for this episode where we'll explore the introduction. Transcript to our podcasts are always available for you in the episode notes on your favorite platform. All right, Mark, maybe you can kick us off with a little bit about why this book and why now. Audrey, I'd be happy to. Uh, As you know, and our listeners probably, probably know, in our past seasons, sometimes we pick books that focus on mathematics teaching and learning, right? Um, And in other seasons, we pick books that are not so focused specifically on mathematics education, but where we bring in our own mathematics education lens. And uh, um, after reading the intro of this particular text, Audrey, and looking over the chapter titles, I, I have to say I'm really looking forward to this book. Um, it's it's so interesting how the title of the book is likely to trigger some fr- reaction about just about everyone. Like, I can't remember of a title of a book, Audrey, from any of our past seasons where, like, there's going to be a reaction, right? Yeah, well, complete honest transparency here. The title of the book was a total turnoff for me. I almost didn't open the book because um, I've heard it. I've heard it before. I'm over it. I kind of don't want to deal with it. I mean, friends said it to me when I was in school. People said it to me on an airplane when I was traveling back and <laughs> forth from college. And they're like, what's wow. your major? Right. Math. Oh, I'm so bad at math. Right. Like the yeah, looks, the yeah, comments. Yeah. I'm totally worn out by it all. Um, So I was actually not interested. Yeah, I, I can completely understand and identify with that, Audrey. I, I have to admit, at the very, very beginning, I was a bit skeptical as well. Um, And when I... Then when I did open the book and I started looking at the table of contents, you know, what was super interesting is the table of contents. It was like a list of talking points from a lot of the professional learning that we've led. And so that actually drew me in a little bit. It made me curious. Um, and later in the introduction, the author even states that each of these chapter titles could actually be its own book. And in many cases, there are books out there that are about any one of these particular chapter titles. So for our listeners that may be still ordering their book, uh, here are a couple of the titles. Uh, What does it mean to be good at math? We are all math people. Mathematics is a gatekeeper. Um, Where do we go from here with this whole thing of of being bad at math? So uh, lots of really interesting titles um, for us to dig into, I think, Audrey. Yeah, absolutely. I think the titles, are of these chapters are things that we talk about all the time in our work with teachers and administrators. So between peeking inside at that and then reading the introduction, it finally tipped me over like that this is the book we need to read and talk about. So if you're skeptical about the book, I understand. Um, but I also <laughs> think that there's probably some really um, important opportunities that we take here to talk about some things that we really need to think about and work, work on as a collective uh, group. Yeah, I I think that's a good point, Audrey. Uh, One connection I had right away when we we were talking about possibly reading this book 
is there was a book written about 20 years ago entitled Innumeracy by John Paulos. And um, after reading a little bit of this book, uh, it really made me think back to uh, John Paulos's work and how the implications of students that we work with today becoming adults in our society in the future um, and what implications for our society if they are not confident and competent in their disposition around mathematics. You know, it made me think of, you know, the word innumeracy makes you think of illiteracy, right? And I, I think when we hear the word illiteracy, we kind of lean in and get concerned. But I'm wondering about the word innumeracy, if that causes us also to lean in as if like we're concerned. Um, I know that at one point I jokingly said to somebody that my job is to put the tip cal calculator app out of business. Like kids would grow up to be adults so good with mental math that they would calculate tips in their heads and nobody would turn to their phone to do that. Um, but Audrey, then I noticed they start putting that, they started putting that on receipts. And yep. so, um, so much for that idea. Yeah. And on the screens of the credit card readers. Yeah. There's, yeah, they put you out yeah. of business first. So, you know, I guess, you know, what's super interesting <laughs> is that, um, the corollary maybe, or the connection between not knowing how to read and the importance of not knowing how to read in a, a literacy is that we often have this argument around that, that we're concerned about deceptions that people might get mm -hmm. taken for, right? Like if you don't know mm -hmm. how to read, what will you sign? How will you vote? How will you uh, know if the contract is legitimate, right? Um, and I guess at the end, it feels like maybe when we compare the two that they're really about um, communicating and thinking and whether or not we're helping and create an educated society that can communicate and think, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we take this a bit further, Audrey, with this whole idea of reading and math, I mean, in reading, we want kids to decode. But if it's just reading words on a page and not taking action or or having some response from what they read, it would just be it would just be as unfulfilling. Uh, and in mathematics, if you calculate, but you don't have a sense of quantity or like, what do I do with these quantities or this answer, then I, I think it's kind of the same thing. It, it also reminds me in terms of mathematics, like as an elementary teacher, having my students solve story problems, but if they solve them by mindlessly searching for keywords, just trying to get an answer instead of being thoughtful, it, it's amazing how when I watch students do that, how they get, you know, wildly inaccurate answers, but it doesn't phase them because mm -hmm. they don't, they're not thinking about that sense of quantity. And so... But being able to take the end result, right, of a piece of reading and saying, like, why does it matter? Now what? How does it apply? That that reflection piece, it, it makes it more than just reading or doing math. So I'm thinking about, like, how when think people think they are bad at math, I'm wondering if part of it is they haven't gotten the opportunity to get to the reflection, to mm -hmm. do a lot of reflecting. If the computation, the answer getting, that can be the gatekeeper to actually getting to the other side, the reflecting. And that other side is where the joy, the interest, the curiosity is 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 happening. So I'm thinking the bad at math, it's sort of like you're climbing this hill and you never got to the top. And so you're down on the 
downward slide of bad at math, right? Something like that. Yeah, I really appreciate you kind of fleshing that out a little bit. And I'm excited to read more about, about that in this text. Um, I also know um, this part around equity is super interesting to both mm. of us. And for folks who have been listening to us for a while, you'll know that that intersection of mathematics, teaching and learning and equity is something that comes up often for us in these podcasts. And this intro gets right into it. Um, the author states that she's seen plenty of educational reforms that have come and gone. Most of us who've been in education for any length of time can name them off. Um, but says that there's this cross current, she quotes a cross current that erodes the efforts made to engage all students in the successful study of mathematics. And that is that, and quote from her, reforms, however well-intentioned they may be, fall short when society fails to fully believe that they can be successful in a way that ensures that all, or even most, of students can excel in mathematics. And I find that super interesting mm. to point out that says, like, perhaps the reason that we've seen reforms come and go and fail and not, full, you know, come to fruition is that behind it, we don't collectively believe that students can excel in mathematics, that students in general, that most students can excel. And she ties this to the this idea of belief stories that I think is super interesting um, work um, and talks about how when we have these belief stories, they influence our decisions, even in the face of data that contradicts the story them itself, that we hold on so tightly to the belief um, that you see data that would say otherwise, and you you just are steadfast in your belief around around it. So, yeah, I, I great points, Audrey, and uh, you know, I I'm just thinking as you're talking that as we engage in each of these seasons of our podcast, as we we're, we're constantly on the on the mission to embed the urgency around equity in mathematics, alongside of the shift of beliefs. Um, to have practical suggestions to sort of guide us along as we're continuing to shift our beliefs of what what our students are capable of achieving, and so um, I'm I'm really interested in this book, us being able to tackle both of those as we go through. Um, and another way to say this, I think, Audrey, is that the author is re really reminding us that we have created the differences of achievement with our students. Um, there's a quote on the bottom of page two, and it says, if we believe that Black and Latinx students struggle with mathematics more than white students do, whether we admit this to ourselves or the belief operates more subconsciously, we will be less likely to refer Black and Latinx students to accelerated mathematics programs. So I think that that you know, connects back to when you're talking about sort of like why we do things and how we do them and how um, we can either consciously or subconsciously think something and it can actually, you know, put us on a trajectory of what we do and how we, how we lift up our students or we don't. Sure, sure, absolutely. And this feels like it's all tightly woven together with our beliefs around what mathematics is and what's the purpose of mathematics education, right? Mm. Yeah, that's true. And I, I have to admit, Audrey, you know, at times this does seem somewhat insurmountable as, as we work with uh, our fellow educators, right? Um, as teacher leaders, um, when we work with educators, 
we're trying to interrupt up to 17 years or more of belief around what math is to the educators that we support. Um, and I thought it was curious because I haven't noticed this in a lot of other texts that we've read, Audrey. The author even brings out teacher preparation programs as a place where existing mindsets actually can be reinforced. Uh, mm -hmm. At first, I thought she was going to say something like that. That's where they're interrupted. But um, uh, I, I appreciate her challenging the fact that many of our teacher preparation programs may be actually just retreading existing mindsets. And I really found that interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, there was one other thing that in terms of just interesting, like kind of stuck with you a little bit, the idea mm -hmm. that curricula centered around algebra above the other branches of mathematics is problematic. Like, um, and talking mm -hmm. about how deeply that impacts our beliefs of about math and who is good at math just really stuck out to me. Um, there's this guy, Kevin Shyrock on TikTok. If you want to look him up, he's the engineer to educator. And he has this episode or this, what are they? Talks? He had a TikTok, he had a video. Gosh, <laughs> I'm so lame. I'm so old. Okay. He works with these other <laughs> researching math um, mathematicians. And he has on the wall this like, this beautiful poster of the math of math, map mm. of mathematics. And he quickly just asks a whole bunch of these researchers, what's mm -hmm. your research? And it's super mm -hmm. fascinating. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's worth your like oh. minute uh, mm -hmm. and 10 seconds. Like one goes, oh, mine's about effectiveness of using medicine. And it's mm. over here in mathematics. Oh, mine's about the number theory that's used in credit card encryption. It's over here. Oh, mine's about satellite communication. Oh, mine's about predicting cancer growth. Oh, mine's about fractal geometry and video games. Like, and they go on and on and on. And I'm just telling you, like the majority of them did not point to algebra or calculus. Mm. In fact, I think only mm -hmm. one of the very huge, you know, like they are not all pointing that algebra should be the center of what they're studying. It's all over the map. So super interesting visual worth seeing and maybe thinking about why is it that we center algebra above the other branches of mathematics? Yeah, I love that. And it's making me think of that idea of geometry nestled within the larger category spatial reasoning mm -hmm. and how we can really consider spatial reasoning as something that is much broader than geometry and really allow students to explore uh, many other things than just what traditionally geometry has been. Yeah, I love that. You know, we um, a couple, you know, maybe a year ago now, some folks from our mm -hmm. one of our local universities in the engineering program reached out and said, hey, we need your help. We need more students to come to us with spatial reasoning. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. Can we help develop a math app? Can we do this? Can we do that? And when we showed them that it's actually embedded all the way through all of our standards, they were like, well, then how come our kids come to us and they don't <laughs> have the spatial reasoning? And I think that's a great question. I think part of it is what uh, Lydia uh, is saying in this book is that we center algebra above all else. And when we do that, when we run out of time in our classes, when we run out of, um, you know, what we test, what we focus on, what we spend all of our energy on, it's not necessarily the things that are going to carry through and matter for most of our kiddos. So super interested in mm -hmm. talking about that as this book progresses. Yeah, well, uh, Audrey, it might be nice to talk a little bit about kind of our hopes for this book and kind of some of the things that we're looking for to that might be interesting for our listeners and um i'd like to just kick it off uh, with a quote that i found on page five 
um, that Audrey, I, I think I, I really like this quote is a, some sort of mantra and aspiration, maybe even my job description. Okay. Are you ready <laughs> for it? Here, here yeah. it comes. It is in this environment where we can rewrite the story of what mathematics is, what it means to be good at it, and who could excel at it. And that's on page five of the introduction. Um, I just found that uh, really inspirational. And, and the author goes on to talk about how we need leaders at all levels. Uh, each role plays a part. I really appreciated how she mentioned many different uh, job descriptions, if you will, and, and people that can play a part, teachers, instructional leaders, administrators, um, just whatever your sphere of in influence is. And the idea of people taking the ideas in these chapters and 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 applying them to their context. Uh, she also uses this phrase, how can you use your power, your privilege, your position? I think that's so great because I think no matter what position we have, that idea of imposter syndrome can loom large and and it could it just it can come in and influence whether we think we really have the power and privilege to um, influence our, our the people around us and the students that we care for and and our colleagues. And so um, I I just thought this introduction really just gave me a, a shot in the arm with that. Audrey. Mm. I'm so glad. You know, I made a connection to our last season where we read street data and uh, the authors there talk about the complexity of problems as being like these fractal problems. And I love that right. imagery as a math mm -hmm. person um, that these fractal problems require fractal solutions. And I think this author is doing kind of the same thing. And she states only a collective effort will lead to the needed change. Like mm -hmm. this is not a small and, um, you know, complicated problem. It is a very complex problem. And she points out even, you know, there's these dangerous beliefs um, around mathematics. And I think other books that we've read have called them unproductive beliefs. Um, and I'm, I'm just appreciative of the space to take time to address each one of them and really, really offer an opportunity for each one of us to rethink our perspective in each of those areas um, towards really changing outcomes uh, for all of our students. Uh, that's that's great, Audrey. Um, and Audrey, before we uh, wrap up this episode, um, you, I'm sure you noticed at the end of the introduction, there's this last section. It's called A Note on Language. And I don't know about you, Audrey, but I, I haven't seen something like this included in a book quite this way before, uh, at least in uh, the books that we've read for the podcast. And, um, you know, We've we've mentioned throughout many different seasons about how language matters. You know, language matters and how we identify our students. We talk about mathematics, how we engage with students and our colleagues. Um, what we say matters and how we say it matters. Um, and the author truly values this based on this section. Uh, she spends some time in reflection about the language choices that she made when she wrote this book and, and how she decided to use particular language choices. Uh, and her her last paragraph in, in that section is so reflective. I really appreciate how she considered how each of her choices could be harmful in some way to potential readers of her text. And, uh, and you know, she, like all of us, is trying to 
be more aware of her language choices and and do better. And I this just really was a great push for me to continue on this path as well. Um, and it really just pushes against that that voice belief that we hear often that is, oh, I didn't mean to offend you. Um, meaning that like if it had to do with like your intent that that you know that sort of excuses you rather than us really examining our impact and what impact we're having on our colleagues, our students, and and taking responsibility for that. So um, uh, really um, much respect to the author around that. Yeah, I appreciate the learner stance that she takes in that space um, because that's the same one we're trying to take as we read these books and we have these discussions. Mm -hmm. And it re reminds me of when we read um, Katie Novak's UDL Now book. Uh, it oh, was yeah. the third edition. And I remember just in the intro that she said, um, that she would publish a version of the text oh, yeah. and then she'd learn a whole bunch more and she wanted to update it. And so she came back with a second yeah. version and then a third version. Right. And so I think in the same vein, this author is just, is just alluding to us, like, this is my best thinking and understanding in the moment. And I know it's imperfect. I know it's not complete. And I know that beyond that, my, my own limited perspective, I will learn some things soon that I will wish I could undo with this book, essentially, you know, like that, right. that, dot, yeah. dot, dot, you know? Um, so I, I appreciate that stance. I'm looking forward to reading it and having those discussions and knowing that as these episodes air, that's our thinking for that time. And as we mm -hmm. continue to learn, we're going to learn more and understand more in a different way. Yeah. Well said, Audrey. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode. In our next episode, we will chat about chapter one. What does it mean to be good at math? And we'll continue to, to discuss how we dismantle harmful beliefs that hinder equitable mathematics education. Until then, best wishes on rewriting the story of math.